You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with Kenny Ramsey from 22 Below. Now, let's talk about koozies. Let's talk about when you're drinking, right? No one wants or likes their hands to get cold uh, or for their beer to get warm, and Kenny Ramsey has come up with a solution for that. It's not your normal canned koozie, though. This is a culmination of 10 years of thermodynamic technology at work. Kenny is the creator of 22 Below, the maker of the Sub-Zero koozie, which is based right here in Charlotte, right here in the Queen City, and is made in the USA, which is everything that we love, and we love about bringing on brands that are like that. So uh, welcome, Kenny, to the Brand Builders Podcast. We're so excited to learn more about your brand, 22 Below. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I am looking forward to talking to you. Thank you, Kenny. Appreciate it, man. Great intro, Brian. Uh, So tell us, Kenny, what makes the 22 Below Sub-Zero drink insulation different from a regular old foam koozie? Yeah, well, it um, well, first off, it just started out as a little weekend project. I was working at a thermal engineering thermal engineering startup here in Charlotte, and um, just some of the projects I worked on, um, I, I started getting, you know, I started like like getting interested in possibly making a product, um, because we were doing like heating and cooling for these huge like five hundred gallon tankers, and um. At the time, Yeti was coming on, and they were selling like these coolers for a thousand dollars. And I'm like, "These this company's getting really big here." And I was like, "They're doing things that I know how to do." And I was like, "So I just started on the weekends messing around." I was like, "You know what? I think I can make a better koozie because what's out there is is pitiful, pitiful." And I was like, "It's been the same way for fifty years, 40, 50 years. Let's try to make something." So I come in on the weekends, I tinker around. I'm not kidding you. It took me like a year playing around with it before i got it figured out and um you know i was like you know what i think i got something and then i passed it around to my uh guys i work with and they were like i think you do man see what you can uh, see what you can do with it and then i just kind of you know started figuring out how to manufacture it um you know obviously i wanted to kind of blend uh i wanted to make an upgrade from the foam but also not have to make something huge and clunky like a thermos which is out there that you can use i'm like there's got to be the best of both worlds like if these two were to meet and like have a baby that's what i want <laughs> i love it. that i love that i like it so so you just developed this as kind of a side hustle on the weekends based on some products that you were already developing when, when did it click like i, I really got something like this is something that I can I can not only sell but I could create a very successful business around this product. Um, I <clears throat> I don't know. I'm always optimistic on anything. So I was like, you know what? I think I can make this work. And then my buddy, who was uh, my buddy Carson Hanna, I got to give him some credit here. He's a guy I work with. He he, he has an engineering background, and he's like, you know what? You can you can get this mass produced easily by like, you know, injection molding. I was like, tell me more, tell me more. So, and then once that came into play, the cost of goods went down because now we can mass produce them. And then I was like, all right, now I really got something. I can make them, I can make like 5,000 of these things a day. So I was like, manufacturing is usually a hard thing to get figured out. I'm like, I can't sell them faster than we can make them. So that's, 
don't even have to worry about that. I just got to go worry about marketing it. So I was like, let's do a Kickstarter campaign. There's no risk, no nothing. If it, if it hits, we're in business. If it flops, it was a weekend project. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it hit. It, it, it uh, funded like four days before the timeline was over with. It was like $24,000 or something. Awesome. And um, I was like, well, here we go. And uh, it just took off from there. And, you know, it, it took me a little, little while to figure out how to get it, how to sell it, how to market it, all these different things. You know, it just you got to figure out your niche and um and your message and all that and then once we figured that out it was just like bananas it was just like this doesn't seem real like the amount of orders we're getting like it's kind of like uh like imposter syndrome you know what i mean <laughs> like, what am i what are we doing this is this is insane like i was telling other people and they were like i can't believe that that's insane i was like me too i still can't believe it that's awesome. So tell us, I want to know, um, we actually had a, another brand called Kanga coolers out of Clemson, some, uh, some college kids who started a Kickstarter and then they actually got the opportunity to go on uh, shark tank and partner with Mark Cuban. And now, you know, this business that started as a school project has now turned into a full fledged company. Um, and it's very fascinating to see how they've grown it, but I'm just curious, you know, from the idea uh, to obviously the completion of the idea and the manufacturing of it, marketing played a big key in that. What did you do after you got your Kickstarter? And was that something that Kickstarter supported or did you have to reach out for help? Or was it just your ideas from a marketing campaign or excuse me, a marketing campaign on social media channels? Um, it was something I just, I figured out myself, you know, I started trying to run Facebook and Instagram ads and while they, they were successful, they weren't where they needed to be. So I knew I needed some help. So I reached out to some people. Actually, I went through two agencies before I found one that I could, that really knew what they were doing. Um, and once that guy got a hold to it, he was like, <clears throat> he was just like gassing me up. He was like, yo, this thing is going to go crazy. He's like, I've been in the, he said, I've been buying digital advertising for 10 years. He's like, just wait. And so he's like, we, we got like three works of, three weeks of work to do on the website, getting these pages built out, getting all this stuff ready. When we hit the switch on it, be ready because it's going to get crazy. And I was like, all right. And he was right. The first day he launched it, it was like, bang, $500 in sales. I was like, whoa. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to try to scale it. And it's like, boom, $1,500 in sales the next day. He's like, all right, I'm going to scale it again. And it was like, boom, $3,000, $5,000 a day. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> and um, it was, it was just like, I'm 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 on vacation at the time. He launched the campaign while I was on a little mini vacation. What a hell of a vacation! <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I might just stay on vacation. Yeah. This, this dude's. I'm got making it. more money while I'm like on vacation than I am when I'm working. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting on a I'm sitting on a uh, I'm sitting on a dock in in um, on, a, on a beach in South Carolina, and I'm I'm sitting at like fifty five hundred dollars in sales, and I'm like I'm looking at my friend like this is what's going on here like i can't believe this this is insane and he was right he's like he he you know i needed an expert in that field you know because i had you guys are probably good at it but i have never been introduced to anything like i had a, my learning curve was huge compared to a lot of people which i say that a lot of people go through the same thing i did but i was just clueless completely clueless on what it took to really make it work 
I just knew I could figure out how to make it because that's what I was good at. And, you know, the product development side of it. And so uh, once I got teamed up with a guy who could, who could like kind of market it and sell it and figure, figure that out. And basically all I did was run ads and, and some simple, you know, messaging and uh, it was on from there. So yeah, if, if that wasn't, if that wouldn't happen, I don't know what I'd have done. Like I'd probably be dead in the water, quite honestly. But um, so, I still see a lot of people who have like bootstrapped their business and they hadn't even touched Facebook or Instagram ads. And I'm like, you got to do this. Like, you don't have a choice today. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but yeah, it's, it's insane what, what you can do. Like, it's insane. Tell us your, your channels. Are you selling retail? Are you selling direct to consumer? Are you selling corporations? A mix of both? Uh, who's your audience? So what we generally sell to is we, we use uh, Facebook and Instagram. That's probably 40% of our business. Um, another 40% of our business is, uh, Amazon. And then <clears throat> the other 20% would be retailers like, you know, wholesale. Um, <clears throat> we use a couple different platforms where people just, uh, like this platform called fair and people go on there, I guess like smaller boutiques and stuff and they'll put orders in, um, and I fulfill them and send them out. So we got some diversity as far as our sales channels. Um, but right now, that's pretty much it. We really only got one product at the moment. We've got a bunch on the way. But so, you know, obviously things are going to, uh, the retail side needs to be built out a lot more than it is, 100%. But we've just kind of been still figuring our way through this thing and developing more products because at the end of the day, that's, that's, we seem to have the message and the marketing and all of that figured out. We just got to keep putting new products Delivering. in, you know? Yeah, yeah well, new products out. you have two products. Cause let's, let's be honest. Seltzers are like massive now. So that's slim from the 22 below. Let's put yes. it this way. There's 349 reviews and you have five stars. So mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really know how else you can get better than that. That's absolutely <laughs> incredible. Um, and you. if you go onto their website, 22 below uh, dot us, you'll check it out and click happy customers and, ch- and check out Honestly, how happy these people are. I'm going to buy one just because they look so damn happy. (laughs) Um, But this is a really cool story. Now, I want to jump into something that I actually noticed on your website, which is really cool about um, how you are a local organization, but ultimately you have these that are created and manufactured uh, at a military base, I believe, up in New York. Tell us about how you how you connected that or what that story is uh, from a manufacturing standpoint. So that's actually I'm glad you brought that up. It's a good story. it's a very good story. But first off, it's uh, to be technically correct, it is the oldest manufacturing military base in the United States. So there's not a it's not like um, active duty soldiers marching and you know jumping up and down. <laughs> it's it's a manufacturing facility where they make the big cannons for the ships and all kinds of stuff like that. And they had some um, warehouse space, a lot of big big warehouse space come available. So they decided to rent it out to local companies who could use, you know, discounted space. So that's how outside manufacturing got brought onto the base, which is pretty cool. But how I found them was I originally, um, before I launched my Kickstarter campaign, I thought I had found my manufacturer. It was a company in Maine. Um, I, I could have went overseas with it, but I, at the early stages, I was like, I'm not sure if I'm ready to manage all that international shipping da, 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 da. and um 
So I was like, I can do it here in the United States. If I want to change my mind, I can go out, you know, let's start here. So I have a manufacturer. Two days before the end of my Kickstarter campaign, I get a phone call from them. They said, hey, we got a major issue. I'm like, oh, what's up? He's like, the price we gave you to make this is, is we can't make it for that price anymore. It's going to have to be a lot more. I was like, what do you mean a lot more? And it was like an astronomical number. I was like, oh, we're in trouble. Like, I don't have a business all of a sudden. And I just pre-sold, you know, 5,000 of these things. And I'm scrambling at this point because I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to have to find somebody else. So I'm just sitting there like, oh, my gosh. So start scrolling. I'll probably go through 30, 40 different manufacturers that I, that I had, like, found on ThomasNet. And I finally get one. Everybody's just like, no, nah, we don't want to do it. No, nah, we don't want to do it. No, nah, we can't do it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Or it was just like the, the price was crazy. And then I get on the phone with one, and they said, you know what? Hang on a minute. It was uh, – I had call, I had talked – it was like the, one of the engineers. I called, uh, got a hold of one of the engineers or somehow or another. That's who answered the phone. He's like, you know what? Hang on a minute. Let me call you back in five minutes with the owner. They're real interested in this. I was like, okay. So within five minutes, they have me spun up with both the owners, a couple of the engineers, and the COO. And they're like, we've seen your product. We looked at the drawings. We want to make it. What, what's the price? Like, what do we have to get down to to get the work? And I was like, I'm just trying to find somebody to make it for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you get to name the price yeah. too? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> So <laughs> they were in a point where they wanted to diversify their uh, manufacturing a little bit. Like they were mostly um, baby products, like 99% of their products were baby products. And they wanted to kind of venture into another area a little bit. So we come up with some, we come up with some things and they, and they were like, no problem on the tooling. We can get that, we can get that handled. Like I'll talk to the guy, he owes us a favor. We'll get right into cutting the molds. Um, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, like the, the clouds parted to some degree, you know, and uh, we went right into it. They, you know, they it was, it was probably and it was a great decision. We still work together. Um, great manufacturer, great team. And uh, so it ended up being on a military base. They're located on a military base. And uh, I've actually been up there. It's pretty cool. That's really cool. I mean, you technically you could tie in like some give back or kick back to our military and do marketing campaigns around that, help folks out and help build your brand and all of that, which I'm sure you, you, you're smiling. You may have thought of and maybe oh, yeah, it yeah. works. Yeah. It works. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. man. very cool. Um, tell us about the technology. Like I'm not real familiar with thermal technology fields. Could you talk a little bit about that and sort of how you landed on this product and and do you have it patented and trademarked at this at this point yeah so uh it's nothing crazy you know what i mean it's not like uh something like elon musk you know came up with in a laboratory <laughs> but um I, what i what i figured out really quickly in 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 the thermal area was air gaps were like a huge hindrance in what we were doing like if you had air gaps, if you're trying to heat a pipe and there was like a tiny little bit of air gap between like the steam tube and the pipe, the performance were just astronomically different versus it actually touching the pipe. 
I mean, just one end of the spectrum to the other. So even if it's just the tiniest little crack of air, it makes a huge difference. And I was like, you know, when I was trying to figure out that, I was like, all right, let's make air work in our favor. How can we make air work against, you know, the can to where we keep the temperature of the can colder versus it going to the out, you know, it's not heating up, you know, outside's trying to heat it up. And if we can create an air gap, an air barrier, then that helps, you know, keep it cool versus, you know, getting hot. So um, I went to, that was literally my, main objective that I started back engineering it from and I worked my way back off of that and come up with a design that was like real low profile which is what I really wanted and um it encapsulated the air where the air couldn't go in and out like hot air couldn't come in and send hot and cold air around the can couldn't get out and so I was like I think that'll work and then I test I actually 3d printed one out of rubber and it worked and I was like holy cow I was like <laughs> It works. I was like, down the, this will work for now because I, I wanted to make a lot of other things better about it. But it's like, this will work for now. This will get me going. This will get me in the market. I can prove concept. And, you know, then we can come back later with a generation two, you know, kind of like your Apple, so to speak. And, you know, give me some time to refine it. So speaking of which, the, uh, what you see now is generation one and generation two is, is on its way. Very cool. I love that. So tell us where does twenty two below go from now? I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm buying two of these for me, and my wife, because <laughs> I'm like into the new seltzer jam, and um, we went to the beach, and it's just unless you have like what you said, like a bigger kind of bulky koozie, there's not really one that works, and I don't want to carry around like a full on yeti, you know what I mean? Like I would much rather enjoy drinking it out of the can, but not look like I'm holding a football at the same time. Yeah. So um, what's next for you guys? I mean, it, it kind of seems like you're just getting started and and you don't have to tell us all your new products, but I can imagine you've had a lot of uh, either investors or people contacting you like, hey, this is a great brand. You've created this. You know, look what we can do here and there. And and just tell me, man, what's, what's next for you guys? Yeah, so um, I've been working on a bunch of cool stuff, a bunch of new stuff that kind of ties into what we do. And not necessarily koozies. I mean, obviously, we're, we've got Generation 2 we're working on. But um, we really noticed our niche. And it goes back to a question when you guys asked earlier. Um, and I didn't answer it uh, for whatever reason. But um, we, we realized that people enjoy our products on the weekends and after work. So I was like, how can we place product that fits into that lifestyle? Like, you know, and um, so we started like, you know, brainstorming about products we can come up with and we come up with, you know, two or three good ones outside of koozies and we started working on those and those are finished and those are on the way. So those will be ready for next year. And um, at this point, yeah, it's just trying to get more products, trying to become more of a brand versus just, a you know, one, just a, a you know, one item company and trying to just build the brand. Um and keep coming up with cool stuff. You know, it's kind of fun, quite honestly. And it's kind of my thing, you know, I like to tinker and come up with crazy ideas and then try to make them work. Very cool. So I see you're doing some custom work. Uh, we're in the branded merchandise space and very familiar with using products as platforms to build organizations, brands. Um, this 
you know, it doesn't appear, and this is just from your website, it doesn't appear that the outer edge of this product is smooth, lending itself to a great imprint area. But the ones I'm seeing imprinted look really good. So I'm just curious, do you have a corporate promotional side of your business that you're going to explore where you give organizations an opportunity to use your product to build their brand? Oh, that's something we want to do, obviously. Uh, and I, you know, it's one of the things I want to do. I want to get into some kind of licensing with, you know, putting sports teams and stuff on it. But, you know, I'm again, I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, it's something I want to do. Obviously, I think it's something we, we're not ready for because we're still bringing out all these products. You know, we're generation two. Da, da, da. I hate to come to the table with generation one and then pull the rug and then say, well, no, you can't use that. Here's generation two. So I think it's something that we're going to try to go into more in 2021 for sure. But um, as far as the custom stuff, it's generally people who just reach out to us like, hey, I'm XYZ. Uh, I have a roofing company in Texas. I'd really like to have some of these made. Or uh, we did some for Tony Stewart, uh, NASCAR guy. You know, we do them just randomly here and there. It's, it's, uh, it's, it does print really smooth for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely potential for all that. We haven't really explored it. It's something we want to do. Um, I'm not sure we're quite ready yet, though. Got it. Got but it. we're getting there quickly. Yes, sir. Dude, I love it. Um, it's it's cool to talk to a young entrepreneur that turned an idea and a side hustle into a business. And I think that's really the cool story, right? Like if you if you have an idea, go out there and do it. I have a good friend of mine who's coming up with ideas like every week. And um, although it's exhausting, one of them is going to work, right? Like one of them is going to work and he's going to and he's going to put the muscle behind it. And he's going to have that moment when he's sitting on a dock in South Carolina and, and just cha-ching, 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 and his phone's just going off. And you're like, what in the world is happening? And that's really cool to hear that from you, man. So congratulations on building this. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. And that's exactly what I like to tell people. I was like, you know, this is a weekend project that turned into a business. And uh, and that's just what it was. You know, there was no risk in it. And that was that was the cool thing about it. Sorry, I had to plug my computer and it's about to die. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it was, uh, it was a weekend, it was a weekend uh, project. It turned into a business. And like you said, listen, and I talk to people all the time. You got those people who are idea freaks. All they got is ideas. They don't ever do anything about it, you know? And they get mad whenever they see their idea get taken. And like, ah, I, I said this 10 years ago. I was like, well, you may have said it, but you didn't do it. That's right. And it bothers me when people start having ideas. And it, I've got friends who are like that. And I'm like, listen, I'm tired of the ideas. I don't even want to hear about it. Come to me with something in your hand and then, then I'll help you. You know, um, that's great advice. Cause I know this person's going to be listening to this podcast because he does listen to it. So you know who you are. <laughs> just, just do it. Everybody's got that one friend though. You know, everybody, everybody's got that one friend with all the ideas. They don't ever do anything about it. And, and you're like, yeah, that is a good idea. But what what we got nowadays, the prototyping capabilities, like used to, it might would take you ten thousand dollars to get a prototype. Now, a couple hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, three D printing, and it's at your doorstep in three weeks. You know, like, you know, used to you used to have to travel to the jungles of Vietnam and and uh, <laughs> find somebody who could make something for you. You know, yeah. those days are gone. That's so true. So, so before we uh, we get you out of here, tell us uh, what's the best way for people 
to learn more about the brand, but ultimately to, to buy the product, uh, to buy one of these 22 below insulated uh, can sleeves? Yeah, well, uh, the easiest way, uh, of course, is to like us on Facebook um, at 22 Below or follow us on Instagram at 22 Below. Um, you know, or always, if you want to purchase, you know, uh, go to 22below.us, Amazon. You can have it at your day. You can have it at your house in a day for Prime. Um, and also, too, if you if you're looking for a deal, if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Every once in a while, we throw out some deals. So, um, you know, just uh, sit, and, sit and wait for a nice little coupon. Coupon. There's awesome. actually, some, I'm already, I'm already, I'm already like purchasing as I'm here. Um, <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm, I know my wife will love it and uh, it'll be great, man. Well, you know, Kenny, this has been great. I, I, we, we, like I said, you know, we're, we built this podcast to just promote, you know, brands that we, that we work with, but also, also ones that we don't work with that, that just do amazing things specifically right here in Charlotte. And it's awesome to see somebody that took an idea, um, made it happen. And now not only that, you're trying to, to build from there and, and continue your, your brand. So, you know, first off, congratulations on that. We can't wait to follow the journey. If you're uh, if you're listening, please like, share, comment, go check out Twenty Two Below, follow them on Instagram, purchase the product, support the United States, support Charlotte, support him, and uh, and support the military base that creates these as well. So, such a cool story. Uh, thank you so much again for joining us on the uh, on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Kenny. That was awesome. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.